Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because it's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh, hell yeah, everyone. Welcome to the show. Recording this week at my bunker, as we will be for the foreseeable future. Uh, we're going to keep this temporary vibe going with uh, some incredible stories this week, two from each company. Uh, thanks to everyone who voted on these stories. And I will have another poll up soon for two week, the show two weeks from now. As always, we start by rating the thickness of my stack. Oh, yeah. Mike's Thickometer. Because of the length of these stories, uh, this thing is thick. I'm going to go ahead and issue that first 10 on Mike's Thickometer. Um, yeah, there's, there's just a couple of huge volumes here. Uh, and and that, that becomes so fun. Uh, just as time goes on, I, I can't wait to keep doing this uh, with you guys and with uh, myself. That sounds weird, and I'm just going to leave that. going to leave it. All right, we're going to start this week with uh, the Marvel titles. The first book, uh, Avengers vs. X-Men. So the basic uh, overall synopsis here is the world-destroying Phoenix Force is back, and while the Avengers are intent on stopping it, Cyclops and his X-Men have other ideas. And I actually went and gave this a 4.5 out of 5. It is an incredibly well-done story. Uh, I love it uh, from start to finish. I never thought about how the Avengers and X-Men would fare against each other because I've seen so many team-ups over over time i mean the avengers actually has x-men on the team but there were a bunch of underlying issues that uh, i never really thought about and they really manifested in this story so uh the the major players here uh probably actually i think it centers mostly on the x-men uh the phoenix force hope summers uh get some cyclops some emma frost uh, on the Avengers side, there's a lot of Captain America. Uh, there's other there's other heroes as well, but uh, it, that those are those are basically the major players here. Uh, so the story basically starts out where they realize, hey, um, actually there's a couple of one shots uh, in the beginning of this, which I thought was actually really cool. Um, it starts with some yeah, stuff from point one, which is a jumping on point for readers. Uh, and then there's an issue zero, and then there's 12 main issues. And the, I just want to take a moment to talk about the creative team as well. Um, the art is basically split down the middle. Well, not straight down the middle, but um, the first five issues are done by John Romita Jr., who uh, whose art I've always kind of liked, even though like <laughs> the complaint on him is he, he does like sausage fingers. I don't care about that. It's fine. Uh, then we get some Oliver Copeil. So if you've been reading Thor for a long time, that that's a guy who's been a main artist in there, and and it's so beautiful. His line work is incredible, and anytime he has uh, the colors that he works with, the guy doing inks and colors, um, like they're just it, everything just pops, and his faces just have so much like vibrance and and shade. Uh, making them distinct uh, and there's also a few issues in here done by adam kubert uh, and those issues if you're familiar with the kuberts at all you know they do amazing stuff so uh um, and then the writers there's just 
a murderer's row of writers, which is why this event is so good. Uh, Jason Aaron, so he did a whole lot of uh, Thor. He's written Doctor Strange. He's doing the Avengers now. Fantastic. Brian Michael Bendis, he's written Avengers for, at this point, had written Avengers for a very, very long time. Avengers, New Avengers, uh, Mighty Avengers, like a bunch of Avengers spinoffs. And now he's doing Superman, so he's over at DC. Uh, Ed Brubaker, amazing, amazing writer. Matt Fraction, another amazing writer. Jonathan Hickman, another amazing writer who actually just returned and started doing X-Men overall. Uh, And you can see why, starting in this. So uh, in the point one story, it talks about Nova and how he sees the the Phoenix Force and he starts heading for Earth after watching a world get destroyed. Uh, In the the Zero issue, uh, there's a story uh, really about the... Uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, her return to public life and how she's accepted by some Avengers and um, really shunned by others, most notably the Vision, her former husband, or or her husband, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know that they actually got divorced off the top of my head. Uh, And then there's a quick story in here with with Hope Summers, uh, who has an awesome power. It's kind of like rogues, but she's a little more powerful. Uh, she's seen as the mutant savior. She's a she's a real centerpiece here for this entire story. Uh, so this thing uh, moves on, and the the actual stories begin in the, in the issue one. Um, so the the Phoenix Force is just headed straight for Earth, um, just wrecking shit on the way, and it's fantastic. Um, and then Iron Man and Captain America are briefing world leaders, well, actually not world leaders, U.S. leaders, about the fact that it's coming and how they are taking actions to prevent it from coming here and destroying the, the Earth and that they should go talk to the X-Men. They go uh, talk to the X-Men and the, it goes badly very fast. Very fast. Um, and Cyclops has a few valid points about how, you know, the Avengers only ever show up when there's uh there's a problem where they want something from the X-Men and they're not really there for them. Um, fisticuffs are thrown. Captain America tries to stop it desperately, but then reveals like a helicarrier with a whole bunch of heroes uh, on it. And then everybody dives in and they just start this massive brawl. Uh, there's a magnetic fastball special from uh, Colossus and Magneto, which is cool. There's a fight between uh, Namor and uh the thing and luke cage and that's fun cyclops and captain america two of my favorite characters because of their leader archetypes uh go at it back and forth and uh that's really fun they're both very skilled hand-to-hand combatants uh (laughs) of course iron man comes across magneto which is a a problem (laughs) uh and it just it just devolves you know the uh the character uh, Hope, she escapes because she feels a call to the Phoenix. The Phoenix is headed straight for Earth, like no questions asked. It wipes out the Avengers in space, who are just trying to uh, to delay it or stop it or whatever. Uh, th- then the Phoenix Force actually arrives, and it's basically rejected by Hope, and. Then it becomes because Tony Stark has been working on a way to split or, or to kill it. It actually winds up splitting the Phoenix Force. Phoenix Force goes between five X Men 
it goes to um, Cyclops, it goes to Emma Frost, it goes to um, Colossus, it goes to Namor, and it goes to uh, Magic, Ilyana Rasputin. Uh, so I, um, Cyclops, God damn it. Colossus's sister. Uh, and they just become the five heralds of, of the Phoenix here. So the mutants then take on the, the task of righting the wrongs of the world. You know, they end war. They, they plant food and make clean energy. They cause peace treaties. And it seems like everything's right. Except there's these lords over humanity which does not sit well with the avengers so the uh the x-men you know the the, the x-men are are attacked guerrilla style from many of the uh the avengers and they actually attack using these suits that uh iron man makes to really dampen the the phoenix force they discover that scarlet witch's magic still hurts them Still hurts everybody. And Emma Frost winds up getting in Namor's ear, saying, hey, you should just go attack them. Um, meanwhile, the Phoenix is like doing different things to all of these characters, making them a little bit more ruthless, a little more brutal as time goes on. So uh, Emma Frost gets in Namor's ear and tells him to attack. He's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're better. You take down Wakanda by yourself, which sets Namor... And uh, T'Challa at at odds for a while. That comes back hard later. Uh, long game there. Um, so they wind up taking Namor down, and he loses his portion of the Phoenix Force uh, due to the Scarlet Witch. And it then empowers the other four members uh, of the Phoenix Force, and it basically carries on this way. Uh, they they take hope. And she goes to Kunlun to train. She gets mad about training because she hates it. And she's like, what are you training me for? There's no reason to keep training me. Uh, there's a great Spider-Man-centric issue in here uh, with his resolve. It's one of my favorite parts. Uh, obviously, I'm a Spider-Man lover, so, um, you know, it's great. The, the Phoenix Force is then spread between just Scott and Emma. And then Scott takes it. <laughs> And then he it, it basically drives him crazy. People are concerned that he's going gone full on Dark Phoenix, and you know it's a real problem when Uatu the Watcher shows up. The Watcher shows up, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't good." Meanwhile, um, you know the Avengers recruit uh, the Hulk and some of the X Men, as well as the Avengers uh, recruit Charles Xavier, and that leads unfortunately to charles xavier's death via a a crazy cyclops um and it hits hard for a lot of characters and then the it basically ends with them realizing okay well if we can combine scarlet which is magic and hope's connection to the phoenix force and her powers uh we can take down cyclops which is basically what they will end up doing uh it's not great it's not great for Scott. He's such, like, he's he's a little bit abrasive, I want to say. Uh, but he's not exactly wrong. Um, and then this, this uh, basically ends with 
Hope and Scarlet Witch releasing the Phoenix, Phoenix Force back into uh, space uh, as you know the Avengers try and keep the keep the world safe from falling apart. And uh, you know then then at the very end here it leads to the creation of the Uncanny Avengers, um, which is a whole different series that starts off in the wake of this. Um, I just love this story. I love that it's so action packed. Uh, I love that you get some really excellent character moments, some great splash pages. It's it's one of the best stories uh, I've read. Uh, the reason I scored it a four and a half out of five, just a few minor details that, I, that just kind of bothered me a little bit um, between, I believe it's Iron Fist that gets burned and just recovered, but they don't really explain how. Um, there's a couple inconsistencies with the art, like in... In some of the art, Hope Summers is drawn as like a late, a very late teens, early twenties type character, uh, whereas by others she's drawn as like like a young teenager, like a, like a preteens or, or very early teens character, and it's just it's it's a weird dichotomy. I'm like I I actually didn't notice it uh, on my first couple of read throughs, and I I looked at it this time around. I was like, wait a second. Are her powers to de-age herself and then re-age herself? It was just very, very confusing. Uh, so uh, I I gave it the four and a half out of five just because of that. Uh, next on the Marvel side, I did Civil War. Uh, the basic synopsis there is the U.S. government passes the Superhero Registration Act, which fractures the superhero community right down the middle, uh, which each side gets led by Iron Man for pro-registration or... Uh, Captain America for anti-registration. Uh, this is the basis for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe film, uh, Civil Captain America: Civil War. Uh, I like this story far better than the movie. Uh, it's just it's just rereading it makes me realize how much the movie paled in comparison. First of all, the cast is much larger. Uh, second of all, you get really embedded with each side. In, in their arguments. So it basically starts out with an incident with the new warriors who went, I'm sorry. Um, let me back up. Let me back up. I scored a five out of five. It's a perfect story to me. I think it's the first time I've done that on this show as well. Um, just, just absolute perfection uh, for, for several reasons that I'll, I'll talk about through, as time goes on here. So the story starts out with the new mutants. Uh, basically running a reality show, driving across America, just trying to get as much views as they can. And they go in to tackle a group of supervillains, and in the scuffle, uh, a villain named Nitro explodes, uh, killing a bunch of people, but no, most notably, a group of school children. Uh, and this sets off a whole series of events, saying, hey... Um, these heroes need to be monitored, trained. There should not be teen heroes running around. Sounds familiar. We just talked about this on with the story Outlawed a few weeks ago, and I said it was basically a retelling of Civil War. Well, here we are. I can talk about Civil War. Uh, and the, the idea is basically that the government will pay, train, and take responsibility for heroes, uh, but the heroes can't act without the government which Cap does not like. Uh, he, he values the freedom that's enabled to them by uh, the ability to go where they need to as they're needed. Where Iron Man sees the need to have responsibility and accountability. Uh, 
the arguments you could take either way. Uh, I I can't say there's there's a right or wrong. There's no concrete answer. Um, but this this thing gets gets crazy. Um, so there's a lot of of brains on Iron Man's side. He has um, Hank Pym, who's who's brilliant, uh, as well as Reed Richards. He has Spider Man initially, uh, and there's a whole lot of of just espionage and and trickery and backstabbing uh, as the story progresses there's fights there's there's big deaths that almost don't make sense uh, i believe it's an issue three uh where we get the look at thor the thor clone ragnarok who kills um goliath and he's the first like true casualty of the civil war and uh it 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 sets off a chain of events that, that really, it makes things change. I think at the end of issue two, Spider-Man uh, uh, reveals his identity to the world, and he's, he comes out pro-registration, and it's great. He 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 loves it. He he's seen as a hero, and it's such a win for Iron Man because um, Spider-Man has guarded his identity for the longest time since he was fifteen, as it says right there at the very end of the issue. So after Goliath's death. You know, there's a whole bunch of um, side switching. <laughs> uh, you know, a bunch of people move one way or the other. Uh, the fights just become more and more brutal as time goes on. Uh, and then when we get around to issue seven, now it was originally supposed to be a six-part story, uh, but it was it was so big they had to extend it to another issue. So when we get to issue number seven, there's a huge fight at the end. Um, they were they were it started out in a prison and then they'd all got teleported into new york and they're all just fighting they're just going at it against each other there's there's heroes and villains all mixing together the thunderbolts which is a the marvel equivalent of the suicide squad i think is the best way to say that uh they're mixed in with the iron man side you know, uh, Cap at, at points had taken in the Punisher until he killed a couple of villains coming over to his side. Uh, it was it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. And in this final battle, you know, people are just getting wailed on, and the anti-registration team starts to starts to win the physical battle. They start to overcome it. Like um, Iron Man is getting whooped by by cap and then cap gets swarmed by a bunch of just regular people saying hey we don't we don't like this it's a lot of this is driven by like public opinion and poll numbers and stuff like that uh so they don't they're like oh we don't want this you know we we want you guys to be registered and cap basically tells everybody shut it down uh we're gonna walk away we're we're just fighting we're not fighting to be right and i don't know how much i agree with that sentiment uh but you take from it what you will to me, uh, this is a perfect story because it it accurately predicted the polarized nature of uh, of our current day to day life. Uh, I loved this story. It was it was excellent. I think I'll, I'll write an opinion piece on it on the Twisted Cape, but uh, I would I would highly recommend that you read it. Also, the tie-ins there are quite impactful. For once, it's not just a simple ruthless money grab. It's it's worth the time. All right, moving over to DC, uh, I will talk about Kingdom Come first. Uh, that story is an alternate reality, 21st century, set in a world that is spinning out of control as more and more superhuman humans are uh, 
emerging and evolving. Uh, and there are things that set in motion a series of events that draw out the old guard of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. So I gave this story a four and a half out of five. I thought it was a very good story. Um, Alex Ross does the art. And if, if you're, and I think it's written by Mark Wade. Uh, if you enjoy a lot of his painted style covers, it's just imagine entire interior interior set of, of books like this. And it's, it's great. It's a bunch of older characters. So it's an older uh, Batman, an older Superman, Wonder Woman, basically the same because, you know, Amazons. And uh, it's, it's just a great story from start to finish. It just shows, hey, what would happen if, you know, Superman walked away, causing others to walk away, and just letting these new heroes go go unchecked because they've basically eliminated super villains, and it, and it's just basically heroes fighting each other just because. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's just brilliant. There's there's a the struggle of of humans versus metahumans. Uh, there's there's some backstabbing and double crossing there as well. There's definite. Um, uh, we'll see disagreements between Batman and Superman. This is a very Superman-centric story, though, um, and uh, it just it just ends so beautifully with uh, <laughs> with Superman and Wonder Woman having a child, uh, or, or at least Wonder Woman is pregnant, and Batman is the uh, <laughs> the Godfather, which just such a great set of panels in there. Uh, also, it's very heavy on the Spectre. And it's narrated by a, a uh, I guess, a pastor. Um, it's just, it's just so well thought out and well written. Uh, it's just, it's just great. Um, I think the reason, I think the reason I went four out of five, four and a half out of five, was that it, it just kind of meanders just a little bit at times, and I'm just like, I don't understand why you're including this. There's a lot of religious parallels, which at times are great, and at other times I'm just like, all right, I got it. You don't need to keep beating it into my head. Um, but it's, it's just an excellent story. I would highly recommend it to anybody. And finally, I'm going to finish with one of my favorite stories of all time, Batman, The Court of Owls. Uh, this, is the first, uh, this is the first volume of Scott Snyder's Batman, um, and it's excellent. Like I don't know how you start <laughs> your run with a story like this uh, because, there's uh, honestly, at times it feels like there's the only way you can go is down. Uh, so uh, the court battles is basically have it with Batman confronting a previously thought of myth uh, of the of this group called the Court of Owls, and that group is considered to be the true rulers of Gotham for for centuries. So I gave this a five out of five as well. Uh, now the way that it's broken up in trade format is the Court of Owls and the City of Owls, and in the City of Owls, you know, we get the conclusion of the court story, and then it. it goes off into some like single issue stuff so i'm not going to include that single issue stuff i'm just talking about court and city um this story is nuts because it in it encompasses so much batman lore uh and it, and it just rolls all the way back to uh bruce's lineage um including his parents his great grandfather alan wayne um there's a long game in here with dick grayson there, there's some very heavy story in there with him as well, uh, but this is no make no mistake. This is a Batman story. Um, there's there's a detective element in here. There's a lot of action. Um, this day the court has at their disposal this group called Talons, and the Talons 
are basically undead and they can't be killed and they're they're vicious and they they serve only to um their their only purpose is to serve the court they they infiltrate because the court knows so much they know about batman they know who batman is they know he's bruce wayne they target him as bruce wayne they target him as batman they try to break him down there's a great issue in here with a labyrinth where bruce seems to be going crazy and his his skills basically default and take over for him his ability his ability to deduce things uh, his fighting abilities it's great because it really breaks batman down and when it, bring, it builds him back up, he's he's better than he could possibly be. Um, he's kind of a dick to uh, his first Robin, to Nightwing, to Dick Grayson. Um, he hits him in the mouth at one point and, and knocks a tooth out and shows that Dick was supposed to be a talon uh, groomed by the court. And th- this story has followed him through New 52 all the way into Rebirth, and it's it's generated stories even recently. I think we've talked about a couple of those on uh, episode number two, I want to say. Go back and check those. Check the notes, y'all. Court of Owls is also beautifully drawn. Uh, we have Greg Capullo, who works often with Scott Snyder um, on, his, on, his create, on his creative path here. Um, and it's just, it's so good. It's so good. The lines are so neat and clean, and you know they do a really good job rendering Bruce's face because his face is so um, detailed, and his eyes they can be bright and hopeful, or they can be dark and gloomy. Um, I like the choice to use uh, Nightwing's red and black suit as opposed to his red and blue suit. I love the red and blue suit. Uh, but I just love the idea behind that. Uh, we also get the uh, the Hellbat armor in this. Uh, that is so badass. Uh, so the, the whole sequence there is uh, Alfred is dropping the the temperature in the cave because the towns can't function in the cold. Um, and uh, Bruce goes out to fight them in that. And uh, it keeps him warm, and he can just—he doesn't have to be nice because they're technically already dead, so his no-killing rule doesn't necessarily apply. And he goes off on them and just shuts them all down. Um, it's just an excellent story. Uh, and the big reveal in City of Owls is that Lincoln March, a character from the first volume, um, believes himself to be Thomas Wayne Jr., Bruce's. Uh, brother who passed away after a car accident uh, caused early birth and uh, that story was just like it's so great because he puts on this uh, awesome talent armor and goes to fight Batman and they fight and it's brutal and it's long and it seems like there's no way out for Batman and true to form man he just he finds a way he finds a way and just gets it done that's why I love Batman so much. Uh, he's so smart and cunning. Even when the, the the deck is really stacked against him, he finds a way to pull it out. Uh, and it's just it's just a, a perfect story as well. Uh, so there you have it. You have, you have two perfect stories from this guy this week. All right, wrapping up the show now. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of stories we'll be doing next time around. Uh, DC, it will be a newer story, Last Night on Earth, and an older story, Identity Crisis. Uh, for Marvel, it will be Silver Surfer Black, and uh, as the newer story, and the older story will be Ends of the Earth uh, from Spider-Man. So that's all the time we have for this week. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the Twisted Cape on your favorite podcast platform. 
We are at the Twisted Cape No Spaces on every social media platform, Facebook, the Gram, Twitter, and YouTube. Feel free to shoot us some feedback on the show uh, to thetwistedcape at gmail.com. Make sure you use the subject line MTS. Thanks for tuning in. I've left the readings down in Africa. Stay safe and stay twisted. Fix that.